Other wrestling podcasts are full of fake wannabes. And that's the bottom line, because the jabroni said suck it at Suplex City, bitch. We provide you with the true fan experience. You just made the list! TMA Studios. It's what you want. Warning. The views and opinions expressed by the guest on the shootout are not the views and opinions of TMB Studios, its management, or the host, Bill Blanchard. They are strictly the views and opinions of the guest and the guest alone. If you are offended by any of these views and opinions, please stop listening now. What was the craziest thing you ever did in the ring that people said, oh my God, that boy is stupid. Put over Brandon Parker. What? <laughs> no, no. I mean, because we did some pretty weird shit over there. I mean, me and me and Devin Wright at one point had a buff bitch match. Whatever, dude. A buff bitch hey. match? Damn. And he looked like the pig guy off of Captain America. <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest. <laughs> that's that's just that shocked the fuck out of me. How one guy who's just asking straight up questions to people, straight up answers, is getting more hits than something that brings a lot of people back to their childhood. And, I mean, this is kind of funny. I appreciate that. You ready? Oh yeah. <laughs> Chris Dickens. Do we really have to go there? No, I heard Vince's comment one day. He said, hey, even God himself has a, has a sense of humor. You know? I mean, wow. Had to create a Christopher Dwayne Dickens. <laughs> oh, God. How many ring racks? How many ring racks did you have backstage? There were rumors about... How many ring racks wanted to get some dirt? Wait, 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 what? Yeah, how many ring racks you actually had some Ring dirt? rats? Oh, boy. Oh, God, Chris. HK would go dirt what ring rats are. Oh, the one even Wolf Call would turn down. Dale Cheryl. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I hit another singer right out the park. Wow. Uh, wow. Don't forget, well, we have know, to put six over in the main event because he was the top guy. And, um, yeah. Well, Hogan must pose, you know what I mean? Hogan must pose. I'm it, bro. I feel like going to the Cheeto show and Patriots part. I was like pissing on the grave. That line, bro. The shootout with Bill Blanchard. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the wrestling shootout. It's been a couple weeks since we've been here, but we are back here this week. Uh, man, so much going on, so much to talk about. But hey, I'm just glad to be here. You know, at this time, I want to give my uh, condolences to the race family. The living legendary eight-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion Harley Race, you know, and, and the man, the man means something to me because you know, you know, growing up, you know, I saw some incredible battles the Harley Race has had with the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, and the Nature Boy Ric Flair, and like you know, a few years past all that, you know, granted those matches were special, but like. You know, I was still a little little back then, you know. I was like, man, like four or five years old. But, like, you know, I remember when I was, like, nine years old, you know, I watched Saturday Night's Main Event live, and it was the first meeting on the live TV. You had a chance to see Hulk Hogan go one-on-one with Holly Race. And this is a month after Hulk Hogan 
had uh, lost the championship to the great Andre the Giant, you know. And then when you're watching that match, man, Harley really put on a show, you know. Then going and you fast forward years later, and then you find out just how much important Harley Race was to this business and some of the stories that he's told, like. You know what happened when the WWF showed up in Holly Race's town in Kansas City? You know, he wanted to burn the WF ring, but, you know, and Hulk Hogan was so scared to death, he didn't even wipe his butt after taking a poop when he heard Holly Race was in the locker room looking for him. You know I mean? It's just stuff like that. You know, Holly Race had that kind of respect in the locker room. You know, and it's just something you just don't really see that much on indie wrestling. I can't think of too many people in the indie scene right now that kind of has that kind of respect in the ring. I can think of a few. I think, you know, I, I do believe Darkness has that kind of respect in the ring. You know, I think Anthony Henry is earning a good reputation. And upcoming superstars like Sean Legacy and Hunter Young, you know, they're getting a lot of respect. And, you know, but at the same time, over time, bitterness and jealousy does come into play. And that's, that's just the part of the game professional wrestling and then you know i've been i've been personally attacked by a few people verbally about how i do my show and you know i'm, I'm just gonna i'm just gonna say it like this you can cough it up as how you want to see it i stated from the beginning this is wrestling therapy you got a problem with the promoter you got a problem with a wrestler you got a problem with the direction you see the business going and if you want to air your grievances, by all means, come to the wrestling shootout. And we're going to air our grievances out together, man. I mean, you know, this is a chance for you to let off some steam. Cut back, relax, have some fun, share some good memories. You know, but if you're pissed off and you want to, and you want to get off your chest, by all means, come on here and we're going to talk about it. You know, as I said in my opener, you know, say what you want to say, okay? This is for entertaining purposes and we're here to have fun. And But I'm going to call it like I see it. I ain't afraid to ask the tough questions. I'm not going to be here to stroke your ego. You know, we're going to be here. We're going to get down to business each and every single week right here on the Spotify podcasting network. We're back on TNB studios. It's done a great job getting a shootout back on the air. And there's some people who have some grievances about it, but he's going to be my guest at this time. And he's also a partner of mine, tag team partner of mine. If you would in the podcast business, we got our own podcast show. We've had we tried to do shots fired, but now we're going back to our roots and what got us, what, what made our friendship so special, and that is we love wrestling. And I said, man, let's just keep it simple. We do our podcast. We're going to talk about the things that we liked and what we didn't like, you know. And we're going to share the conversation with the whole wrestling world and what they thought and views. I mean, millions of people have watched wrestling day in and day out, week after week, whether it was Monday Night Raw, Nitro, The Clash of the Champions, SmackDown, Thunder. I mean, we grew up with WCW Saturday night, even TNA Impact Wrestling, and now you got Major League Wrestling on the MLW Network. I mean, I mean, Japanese wrestling has gone come so far over the years that people even would much rather watch, you know, the IWGP. You know, watching matches from Kenny Omega, you know, taking on Chris Jericho and, and some of the great battles Kenny Omega has been in, you know, and the fact that some of the matches he has had has been compared to a rivalry that took place 30 years ago with Nature Boy Ric Flair and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat that took place in 1989. But, you know, um, ladies and gentlemen, you know, I won't, I won't, without further ado, you know, I want to welcome my guests. I have called this man the Harley Race. Here in the CSRA of independent wrestling. I, I, I mean that sincerely. This man is a tough man in this business. He knew who he was. 
and he lived and breathed. He lives, I'm sorry, he lives and breathed this business every step of the way. I, I truly believe it is his true mistress of life. I, I think above all, he loves wrestling probably more than anything. Probably right there with his wife and kids. Uh, I, I am talking about the former AWF champion, former UCW heavyweight champion, and he is still the current, he hasn't been beaten yet, but he is still the current take fist fighting heavyweight champion right now here on the independent scene of professional wrestling here in the state of Georgia. I would say stay in South Carolina. That man had wrestled in Carolina in over a decade. So let's just say right now on the independent scene here in the state of Georgia, Christian Fury. Fury, man. It's been it's, it's been a little while since men you've done a shootout since Hunter Young. It's been seven months. Welcome back to the show, man. How are you? I'm I'm doing great, man. Um, yeah, right. It has been a while. That was that was our Christmas special. That was the last time I was on the show. So yeah, looking forward to this show. Well, I'm glad to have you here, man. But like I said, you know we've, you know I've had some negative comments about the shootout, and I I'd even consider Hagen the shootout up because he was starting to affect some of my friends and everything. But you know, I. Uh, Chris Diggins convinced me to bring the shootout back, put it back in TNB Studios. As you tell me before, man, we're going to pull that trigger, despite what some people want me to say or do. I guess some people don't want the truth to be told. But you know what? I, I'm going to pull that trigger, boss, man. And I'm going to start it with you, man. But first and foremost, man, it is a less than a week away from SummerSlam. With everything we got going on with, with Eric Bischoff, you know, getting involved with SmackDown, Paul Heyman, Kind of help taking over Raw, the executive producers, if you would. And then, you know, when, when, when those doubts are being made, you're seeing Brock Lesnar really get on the destructive beatdown of Seth Rollins. I mean, that is the talk right now. I've seen it on the net, seen it on YouTube, saw it live on Monday Night Raw. What do you think of Seth Rollins? I mean, dude, okay, say what you want to say about professional wrestling. You Seth Rollins uh, took one hell of a beating. You know, that, in my opinion, that was legit. You know, what, what, what's your thoughts on that with this match coming up just a few days away? The rematch well, from wrestling, if you honestly, I think the with Paul Heyman being at the at the wheel of Raw. Now, granted, I don't know exactly how much pull he's got. I'm pretty sure that you know he's, there's a higher up over them to kind of rein him in, or else you'd have an ECW and possibly WCW all over again, which. Can't say that that wouldn't be best for business. You know, I, I mean, I would personally like to see that. I'd personally like to see, you know, full-fledged, 100% what Paul Heyman can do on his own and 100% on what Eric Bischoff can pull off. But just within his last few weeks of Heyman really taking over Raw, you saw a huge difference in the programming on how it's laid out. You know, there for a little bit, they were trying to cut matches Make them matches where they're like two out of three falls just to be able to, so they wouldn't have wrestling during commercial breaks. So the fans that were there were getting teased. Yeah, they'd have short matches, but they're all two out of three falls. It didn't make sense. But um, now they're back on track again. Uh, the Beast looks better than ever uh, going after Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is getting a beat down. Um, honestly, you know, this is shaping up to be pretty good. Now, whether or not Seth freaking survives against Brock, and I say survive, you survive, 
against Brock Lesnar to become the champion again, or maybe we'll have have to have somebody else step up to the plate and take on the beast. Because I'm really, you know, we've been teased. We've been teased and teased. I'm not taking anything away from Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is a pretty good athlete. He, he you know, he's, the fans are behind him. You know, he's got the whole burn it down thing. But honestly, the big payoff matches that I see on the horizon, they really dropped the ball with Braun Strowman, for, first and foremost. Him and Braun, they could, I think that could have been very good business. And one that me and you both can agree on is they dropped the ball on Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley. Well, you know, we could we could speculate on that situation right there between Brock Lesnar, you know, Bobby Lashley. You know, I, I am gonna comment on that there, dude. I, I see that chapstick you bought for Seth Rollins is finally paying off for you. But um Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley, I mean, who knows? You know, Brock Lesnar may not want to put Bobby over. Bobby Lashley may not want to work with Brock Lesnar. Feel like he's a superior athlete. I mean, what's Vince McMahon waiting on? The anticipation? Or maybe Vince McMahon can be thinking like Ah, oh, come on there, Bobby. Ain't nobody paying goddamn attention to that impact bullshit TNA crap. You know, maybe feel like Bobby Lashley doesn't have a big enough name. Maybe he wants to maybe Vincent Man wants to build Bobby Lashley up as a beast, as a monster. You know, maybe Vince Man doesn't want to acknowledge what Bobby Lashley did on MMA. Because let I me mean, let's face it, Bobby Lashley did not do mainstream. MMA the way Brock Lesnar did with the UFC. Now, it's not Bobby Lashley's fault. I mean, I think Bobby Lashley's an incredible athlete. Uh, I think Bobby Lashley has definitely has the skills and the tools to take Brock Lesnar in an MMA fight. Brock, Bobby Lashley can stand, and he can't take a punch. And he's got more experience than Brock Lesnar in MMA fighting. I mean, let's keep that in mind here, too. You know, and Bobby Lashley's won way more matches than he lost compared to Brock Lesnar. I mean, Brock Lesnar had you know, three or four good consecutive fights, but he's lost some tough matches too. Let's keep that in mind too. So if Brock Lesnar were to match up against Bobby Lashley, I think it would be a good dream match for the fans, but I don't see it, you know, happening right now. I mean, it's almost like, you know, when you brought Bill Goldberg back in 2016 to take on, uh, you know, you know, Brock Lesnar. No one didn't see that one coming. The way it ended in the first meeting in like like in a minute and a half, and then the rematch at WrestleMania within six seconds. I think you're gonna see that type of matchup, like big moves, speed and intensity, but you're not gonna see it on a 30 minute match. And you know, I, I think it'll be just like that's very, very similar, very, very destructive, you know. But I do believe Bobby Lashley has has the tools and has what it takes. To defeat Brock Lesnar, uh, Brock Lesnar would not be able to intimidate the boss, Bobby Lashley. You know, in my opinion. But you know, let's 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 jump the gun here, dude. Let's let's get some stuff going on here on the independent circuit here in professional wrestling. You know, we've had a lot of great promotions that are are active right now in the state of Georgia and the state of South Carolina, all competing in the CSRA. I mean, I mean, I I, I, I said it. You know, very recently on my last on my last episode, you know, Valor Pro has been doing incredible business, drawing anywhere from two hundred to three hundred people. You know, whereas some promotions have been drawing ten to fifteen to twenty people. You know, when both those promotions starting at the exact same time, but different mindsets of the business. You know, they did it every other month, and the promotion you represent was United Championship Wrestling, trying to do it every month. Now, you guys have been criticized a lot 
and the way you got to do business. You guys have been accused of only taking care of your friends, only booking your buddies, making sure your friends get booked, and not trying to get better talent because you're refusing to get rid of the ones you guys were booking to help establish UCW. You know, when some people try to approach y'all with it, you guys have had offers for investors who tried to get UCW to that next level. You know, when the UCW management didn't want nothing to do with it, want no part of it, you know, I know the promotions was foreign. And then we hear, we hear, we see IWE really taking storm, in my opinion, in my opinion, making a bigger impact than Viral Pro is, you know, in my opinion, with this women's division. You, you've got to have some thoughts, man. And, and I think the viewers really want to know what is Christian Fury's thoughts on what's going on right now with, with, with professional wrestling, especially the whole big comparison thing and how Viral Pro is successful with what they're doing compared to UCW. I mean, you, you've been criticized. You've been criticized by me, you know, and then you're not really the main man in charge of UCW, but you're a loyal soldier to the UCW. So you, you've got to have some thoughts on this, man. Share with our viewers, man. Lay, lay it all out, man. Hey, dude, don't worry about no repercussions. If you want to cuss me out, tell me I'm full of crap. You know, I don't know what the heck I'm talking about. You know, I'm 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 just a rust. I'm just an indie arounder. You're the one inside doing the damn thing. I mean, hey, dude, say what you want to say, and we're still gonna be brothers. We're still gonna be tag team partners in WLW. Hold no punches back, man. This is this is wrestling, dude. This ain't personal. Yeah. Oh by, way, Chris says, oh, by the way, just get you fired up. Chris Dickens says you're a bitch. No, go ahead. Mm. <laughs> and he called you out in the last podcast, too. <laughs> well, you know, I don't listen to crap, Bill. So whenever I hear Chris Dickens' just name, I kind of turn off. So anyway, <laughs> now that I've um, wiped my ass with, you know, some Chris. Um, anyway. Um, going to the question and the statements of Viral Pro UCW, yeah, it's been often compared. Started similar, similar time frame, going about as long. One became successful, where the other ones kind of faltered. You know, started off halfway decent, started getting some momentum, and then boom. Um, honestly, man, um, well, you can call it some a couple of things. You can say strokes of bad luck. You can call it that. You can call it um, poor decisions. You can call it whatever you will. Um, as far as IWE coming in and everything like that, man, um, I just see this, uh, uh, how everything's played out with IWE working with Bushido, Livewire. Um, yeah, there was a drop ball, you know. Yeah, it could have been UCW, IWE. Uh, let's face why do you it. think that? Why do you? Why do you think? That, I, I was going to bring that up, as you just kind of mentioned it. You know, we, we started hearing about when the IWA, I believe, made its debut at the American Legion, the place where UCW and I go on record. I said in the last episode, really, you, Mr. Garganis, you, Christian Fury, discovered the American Legion. That was like nobody knew. Nobody knew anything about the American Legion until you found it. You made the deal, got UCW started, then the competition, if you would. Lev Thompson came up here and tried to take y'all's venue, and that's where the whole thing got started. And then you guys lose a very you guys lose an ally, not 100 at, at in the beginning, but fact is he decided to do business with them and had this big, big IWE versus Mushido at the American Legion. I mean, 
I, I, I know you can't speak for everybody else, but you yourself, man, what was going through your mind? I think I know you just said it. You know, why couldn't it have been IWE versus UCW? I don't know. But what, what what's in your heart when you when you think about that right there? Like I said, you know, like I said a few seconds ago or a few minutes ago, however long although it was, it's a missed opportunity. You know, whether I mean, granted, you know, say what you will about the guy, but he he has a vision, regardless if it's the way we should do things or it should have got done. Are you talking and, about the man of UCW? Yeah. You know, he has a vision and whether that vision is right or wrong, a lot of times you don't know to after that trigger is pulled, you know, and whether if it was going to be the right idea or not. Now, granted, um, me and the guy that runs IWE, which is T-Money, uh, you know, right. me good terms, you know, nothing's changed there. Um, but you know, I just, I just look at it as a big missed opportunity. You know, yeah, that could be UCW still there. Huh? Was there hurt feelings on the UCW part when he? I mean, when you guys saw the flyer, you seen it on the website. People are talking about it. It's been on the uh, Stovall Network podcast. I mean, he's talked about it. You know, it was a big, big. Um, you know, some people call it a cluster. You know, fuck, part of the ones weren't even there to even see the show. I mean, I heard, I heard the show did some pretty good business, and you know, especially the matchup between Sean Legacy and Anthony Henry. But there had to be some hurt feelings because you know, Team Money, you know, showed up at the Grove Town. Y'all, y'all wrestled at the church in Grove Town. Say so he had his gear in the back. You know, y'all had some openings. Y'all brought him in. Matter of fact, I think I was Chris Dickinson's last night there. You know, and it was one of the, uh, one of the last few shows I did there. Y'all came to the American Legion. You know, he was forming a great tag team with T Cash called Cash Money. So it I was, mean, then it was the last show that we had at the church is when Team Money actually came to one of our shows, and yeah, yeah. so it was actually the last show there in Grovetown. And um, he finished coming the rest of the year pretty much, and then you know. November was it. Uh, he hadn't stepped foot back in UCW, and honestly, the way things went, you know, can't say that I blame him. He had another vision, you know. And but with the hurt feelings, though, I mean, with the, with the guys in the locker room, I mean, granted, these are just rumors. You know, I, I haven't really heard a whole lot, but you know, what I heard, heard, you know, there were some hurt feelings with some people. You don't have to say their names if you don't want to. You don't feel comfortable with, you know. But as far as, as, far as your knowledge, though, what was the morale in the UCW locker room? Like, let's say the last event of November, but going into January, you know, were, were, were anybody talking about you know, the Machido coming in January? You know, what was the morale like in the locker room when you see Machido coming, coming to their turf at the American Legion? Then you hear IWE coming, starting up at North Augusta. They're coming to the American Legion. Now, supposedly, now I never heard the man say this, but supposedly the rumor was he swerved it down, he would never come to Georgia's American Legion. Then you find out he's coming to the American Legion. What was the morale like, and were there any really hurt feelings at all on UCW's part that you're not you're aware of? Well, the whole live wire Bushido coming in in January and where we've been working at, that, that was really the barn burner there, if you will, in the locker room. Um, 
that's when pretty much you might as well say locker rooms got divided. Jeremy Cruz picked up his ball and went to live wire full time. Adrian Davis picked up his ball and went to live wire full time. Um, he was your current octane champion, yes. At the time, he was our octane champion, and we were looking at him to be the next guy to um, be the undisputed champion. But you know, say what you will, he he made a choice. You know, choices were made. Um, but as far as the business aspect of it, yeah, the rest of the locker room was pretty heated that all that stuff was going on with Bushido and Livewire. Um, of course, you know, it didn't help matters when you got a guy like Billy Johnson that's like 7-Eleven, his mouth never closes, you know, constantly, oh. that, constantly running that shit dispenser under his nose. I'm surprised he don't have to wipe after everything he says. Um, but Either way, you know. Oh, sorry. Was that supposed to be a sponsor? Well, the shootout is still sponsoring Livewire. Oh, oh. So we're 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 sponsoring Livewire. Gotcha. So yeah, yeah. They advertise the shootout, and I talk about Livewire in the podcast. I mean, I call Billy Johnson uh, the I, Bill Watts of wrestling. Okay, what? I'll go. With what? That. <laughs> you what? I'll go with that. You okay? The Bill Watts of wrestling. <laughs> Hey, hey, you said it, not me. Okay. Well, I mean, Bill Watts loved wrestling, okay? He was an asshole backstage, but he got things done, you know? And, and I've heard a lot of guys call Billy Johnson an asshole. Alan Lou calls Billy Johnson an asshole. But, hey, you know, it is what it is, you know? I mean, well, probably need to add that part out. <laughs> but, you know, but it's just, I'm just saying, I, I, oh, hey, 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 all jokes aside, though, you know, I mean, Billy don't pretend to be a nice guy. Billy's got business to run. He's going to do it when he feels he wants to do it. You know, like it or don't like it, you know. He had a good show this last uh, go around, and Jeremy Cruz became the champion, and they had a really great crowd. You know, I mean, I say congratulations to him. Congratulations to Cruz, yeah. But you know, going back to what I was saying earlier, um, yeah. You always said the unspoken rule. I, I want you to explain yeah. that in the podcast. When you first heard they were coming to Legion, you talk about it's an unspoken rule. Explain that to me. It's you just don't do, you know. Unless you're purposely trying to fire a shot, and up until this point, UCW and Livewire and Bushido were trying to have a working relationship to a degree. Then things went south because of a benefit show or for a um, fundraiser show that was going to make publicity, and the Olive Branch was stuck out for Livewire and Bushido to be a part of it, and... You know, whatever, however things transpired and everything like that, once the, <laughs> the owner of UCW backed out and um, told Livewire and Bushido, hey, you can do whatever you want to do with it, but we're out. You know, and of course, with Billy Johnson, always playing the victim here, you know, instead of trying to work things out because the guys that was putting it on was the very sponsor that sponsors their show, Allegiant Sync. And um, could have worked something out to still been a part of the show. So either way, you know, things happened. They decided to go ahead and supposedly the Legion had talked to them beforehand. And um, that thing is the Legion didn't even know who the fuck they were, you know, until they until they had their first show, until they paid them. Didn't have a clue. But yeah. that's here and there, you know. They believe what you want to believe. One person says one thing, 
Other people say another. Hell, for all I know, the people that were trying to do the scheduling there at the Legion was fucking drunk. You know, the commander, for instance. But um, either way, so he probably didn't remember half the shit that's ever happened there. But um, anywho. Um, but yeah, there was ill willing there. Ill will is there toward Bushido Livewire. Although Cameron has never point blank, to my knowledge, never point blank said anything negative toward us on a public forum. However, you know, it's just, I don't know. However, you have 7 Eleven on the opposite side of the coin doing just that, you know, and you should pick up on who 7 Eleven is. Um, But IWE coming in by then, shoot, you already had Livewire Bushido. You you had Mike Ellison with his. I I can't even pretend to know what his show's called. Um, Mike Ellison coming in. Oh yeah, yeah, Mike Ellison. Yeah, he has a. (laughs) I guess. Oh man. uh, I guess legend. Hey, Um, hey, did you ever get your paycheck? Uh, I guess it's in the mail. <laughs> I'm, still Sorry, I'm still waiting on a check in the mail from Daniel E. Maine from back in 2000. So, you oh, know. Wow. So, uh, yeah, almost 20 years later, <laughs> I'm still waiting. Did you get your check cash yet? No, oh, man. I did, I did a job for him, and he said the check was in the mail. I was like, okay, cool. 20 years later. <laughs> Lady, you know. Maybe he went to the wrong address. Maybe Chris Dick has got that check cast it in. <laughs> uh, yeah, it couldn't be more than maybe a penny or two, but hey, it's still a check. <laughs> I hear you, man. Well, you know, I mentioned Chris Dickens here earlier, you know, all, all jokes aside and everything, you know, um, he has some strong words toward um, uh, UCW and, 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 you know, of course, you know, with TNB Studios, they got a great deal with Viwa Pro, and now he's also launching the Stovall Wrestling Network, and he's kind of helped sponsoring Viwa Pro. I mean, any thoughts of that, man? I mean, just curiosity, you know. Well, it's smart business, if you want to call it that, man. Uh, Viwa Pro right now, you know, forgive me, T-Money, you know, I love and respect you, but right now, as it stands currently in this area, not saying it can't change, but currently in this area, Viral Pro has to be the number one product in this area well, right now. I, I'm going to slightly disagree, only just a little bit, okay? I think with T-Money getting out women's division and starting a women's tournament, I, I think it's turning the tide. In fact, you had Jack Swaggle, you know, on, on, on the show, making good, you know, an incredible appearance. Who? Jack who? We the people. I say his name right. No, you didn't. You said Jack Swaggle. Swagger. There you go. Swagger. <laughs> hey man, it's 1143 in the morning. I've been up since six o'clock this morning. Forgive me. I got a little speech issue. Uh, I've lost hearing and I, and I can't pronounce certain words. But anyways, we the people, man. He, you know, Jack was there. You, of course, I know Viral Pros had James Storm there. The son of the flying Brian Pillman had been there. I mean, and I'm not saying Hancock has not done some good, good stuff. He's done some great stuff. You know, he has definitely um, done great for wrestling in CSRA, especially since the firemen went to the WWE. 
Antoine Brewer and his, and his promotion. And when Flatline closed its doors, I mean, you know, Bible Pro has done an awful lot. But I do believe IWE is closing the gaps. I mean, they're running, they're neck and neck right now. I think IWE is, is doing good wrestling and doing has, having some great matches. You know, so it's just it's just time going to tell, you know, my opinion. But right now, you know, it seems like UCW lost their venue. They're they they're they're no longer at the American Legion. They had the last show, you know, Night Stalker, your your partner in crime, if you will, your partner with Dead Reckoning, now holds the belt you once held, the heavyweight championship of the world. And you know, I I gotta admit it, I, I've been a little critical about it, man. And I mean, if you don't mind, I want your comments on it. I'm gonna explain, you know, what I look at though. They didn't. They 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 booked a 30 minute Iron Man match. Now I don't give a flying flip what Deflot Productions is trying to edit it and throw something online, make you think you're watching it over a 40 minute match. But the fans there all said the match is over in 17 minutes. And if you can't produce to the fans, I mean the fans are one lost out that you, you booked for a 30 minute Iron Man match. The number one guy in your promotion. Your biggest draw, if you would, the babyface, Hunter Young. But he ends up dropping the title of the Night Stalker. Now, let me just say this, okay? You know, I'm saying this here live, whatever. You know, I think Night Stalker is a decent wrestler. I think he can hold his own in the ring. I do question his ability to, uh, to book great matches and not to have a stronger vision. I really felt like somebody else deserved that spot. I feel like Samuska had done great business for him, and I think you would have had a better match. You know, I, I brought in J.C. Walker, you know, in there, and I think J.C. Walker is a great talent, great technician. He's in great shape, you know, respected by a lot of people in the area, you know, trained by Team Money, you know, and, and, and this guy, you know, has, has been all over the South. He travels, you know. I, I really felt like, you know, he should have had that opportunity, but – you know, it, it is what it is, you know. Night Stalker wanted to be in that position. He's in that position. It is what it is. You know, I mean, hell, it's his promotion, right? But with that being said, man, I mean, how do you feel about it, you know? Well, if things have turned out a little bit differently, you're damn right it could have. Um, as far as the whole time thing, I didn't know anything about it until like after it was all said and done, you know. And I mean, that's it, fine after it's all said and done, on, though. Hold but on, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. All right, go ahead. It came on like kind of a rumor, you know. The, that's how it was approached to me at first that it was a rumor that that match didn't go on for thirty minutes, and I'm like, you're, you know, that that's crazy. That's crazy talk. Why, well, you know, but. It happened. It was slowed down. It was, uh, well, not slowed down. I can't say that because time was shaved off. Um, however you slice it, whatever else, you know, yeah. Was the fans cheated? Yeah, you might as well say they were because they were promised a 30-minute Ironman match. And regardless of however long they got, it could have been a 29-minute Ironman match. They're still cheated out of 30-minute Ironman match. They're still cheated Wait, out of 29. It was 17 minutes. Yeah, well, I'm just using it as an analogy. You know, don't matter how much time you cheated off of them, you still cheated them. You know, <clears throat> but well, what, though, hey. why book an Ironman match? 
Why can't I do a last-minute standing? Why not break Hunter's legs? He couldn't answer the 10 count. Win it in a heelish fashion. You know, I mean, Hunter Young, with all due respect, had a reputation of being like, 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 like Mighty Mouse, like, like Speedy Gonzalez. He was so fast, so super speed. The guy never slowed down. He was in this last man steady match with you. And after wrestling 30 minutes with you, he had like he didn't even slow down. Didn't even break a sweat. I mean, Hunter Young, to me, in my opinion, is a freak of nature. I mean, such a gifted athlete. Which is like the energizer bunny keeps going and going and going and going and going and going and can't seem to stop. So I'm sorry, you know. I just I don't I don't understand the creative creativeness creativeness behind booking an Iron Man match if you yourself can't go 30 minutes. I mean, why? why I don't understand. What what I do a first blood? What bust on her open? You know what I'm saying? You know, screw Hunter out of the championship. You know, I just. I, I I don't know, man. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had Night Stalker take on Hunter Young in a thirty minute Iron Man match. I don't know what the creativity you know is behind it. I would have done Last Man Standing. I would have done First Blood match. You know, I would have done it where if Hunter Young got disqualified, he loses the championship belt. You know, in some kind of way. I mean, put stack the odds against Hunter Young. You know what I mean? I mean, stack the odds against him. You know, I I don't know. Or even better yet, have him get injured. Let him didn't lose the championship. Then have somebody else win the championship. Have that person hold the belt for six months to 100 was able to make a return. You had two champions colliding for the undisputed title. Hunter Young, Clinton, who never lost the belt, and your new current champion. You know, you would drop money with that. My opinion, you would have. But now the Nine Stalkers, the heavyweight champion of the world, but now UCW losses its venue. What's the story right now with UCW? I mean, I, I see the guys down in WECW. I know they're down in Midland last month. I saw you there teaming up with uh, with Night Soccer as Dead Reckoning. So you got to know a little something, man. Get, 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 get the fans something. Is there any more hope for United Championship Wrestling at all right now? Oh, yeah. There's always hope. It's just a matter of when right now. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. Um <clears throat> There's some outside forces right now that's going on that I'm not going to partake in because it has nothing to do with wrestling. So I'm going to leave that where it is. But, um, Everything I said so far has to do with wrestling. No, 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 no. I'm talking about on this end of the subject. There, you know, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Um, I can't speak on exactly the time frame that UCW is going to come back because there's some outside forces going on that's not wrestling related. So I'm not going to speak on that. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Well, you know, with that being said, you know, with that being said, though, what, what is your thought process, though? I mean, can you, you tell us who booked the match, the Iron Man match? I mean, what's the story behind it? What's the logic of thinking? Now, I, I do plan on getting Nine Stalker on this show. And I will treat him like I'm the prosecutor. I'm gonna cross-examine him like crazy. One his mind, you know. And 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 I, and I spoke to Nice Stalker over the phone. You know, he's telling me some things. He told me his reasons why he didn't want an investors. He says he wants to run a promotion. He's trying to do things his way. And he says everyone's got opinions, and then that's just is to it, you know. But he was going to do it way. He's going to do business the way he thought he should do business and how he sees it, you know. And then that's fine, you know. That's fine. You do something, you're always open for criticism, and and that's just what it is. You know, 
just like anybody else in a wrestling promotion. I mean, I'm pretty sure Hancock and Money has been criticizing how they do business, but bottom line, they're doing business where they feel like they should do business. You know, so I'm just, I'm just asking you, I, I'm just asking you, what was the creative thinking with Night Stalker being a representation of UCW as the heavyweight champion, and why an Iron Man match? Educate me. Well, the Iron Man match part, the 30-minute Iron Man match part, I couldn't tell you. Um, but the thought Who's process... Idea? What? Whose idea was it? Uh, that part will probably have to be somebody higher than me. But... Um, <clears throat> okay. Fair enough to say. Yeah, it's a fair assumption to say, because, I mean, I didn't... I didn't uh, know about the match until after it was booked on how it was booked. But um, the whole process of Night Stalker becoming a champion was um, looking at the locker room, who was there and everything like that, who could we count on, and, of course, his name popped up. Now, granted, I know what you say. Well, we had J.C. Walker at the time. We had this. We had that. But yeah, James did also. Who? Yeah. I was mixed up. It seemed like whenever I saw this man get booked in a match, it was a constant beat down, beat down, beat down. Where was going to be the payoff? When was Houston going to get his exact his revenge and, and beat one of you guys? They were trying to turn around like the RWO was, you know, month after month getting dismantled, getting beat down, getting destroyed, and seemed like Houston was in a you know, we're all by himself, and again, constantly getting beat down and beat down. I like, I don't understand where was going to be the payoff in that. You know, it just, it just never happened. That's just my opinion. Another case of, you know, miss piss poor booking, man. I'm sorry. You know, if if you're doing something, if you're doing a beat down, there should be a payoff at the end with a face catch redemption. And don't see, you know, you know, how's James Houston getting redemption in UCW? You know, I see him go to IWE and make some noise. I'm proud of him there, you know. But mm-hmm. I, I just I just don't understand some of the creative way of thinking. You know, what was the logic? You know, what's the plan? Was there a vision? Did you guys have steps to get from point A to point B to C to D to E to F, you know? With your key players. I'm gonna talk about guys that you know only like 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 you know, if I can say this, you know, a lot of due respect to T Cash. He said it's coming. Y'all never hear from him. He got hung up at work or couldn't be there for whatever reason. And y'all don't see him for seven months. So I can see why you can't do a major angle around him. But someone like, you know, Houston is coming month after month. You know, again, another loyal soldier for ECW. You know, but I, I just didn't see the big payoff for him either. You know? So I, I'm just asking, what, what's the creative way of thinking? That part, man, I don't have a clue. I mean, and, and and that's fine. Like I said, this this is just your opinion, your thoughts. I'm not saying you're the, you know, you're, you're the brains behind everything. I mean, I mean, it's just like when Brock got asked how come Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair didn't have their match in 1992, you know, Brett gave an answer. Exactly. You know. Yeah. It's like my hand wasn't in that pot, you know. I mean, that, that, and that's fine. That, that, that's fine. I understand. You know. Well, let, 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 let's say you do, you know, I mean. For what it's worth, even for the the paying fans that were coming to UCW, you know, 
what are your th- comments? I mean, Ernie, I hate I hate being a dead horse, and I'm not trying to be too negative about UCW. You know, UCW did have some good guys that had great love for the business. Guys that were who were, were tremendously um, very passionate about wrestling. You know, and 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 for fans that were there, I don't. I don't remember recall seeing any fan going home, you know, unhappy. I mean, like I said, you know, Hunter Young was a champion for almost a year, you know, maybe close to a year, maybe over a year. I I, I can't quite remember, but I know he's champion for a long time. And then Hunter Young delivered, you know, anybody pretty much had a match, you know. But but you gotta answer me this stuff, man. Why book why book a match? You have two heavy set guys, seem like they have an ounce of cardio, and they're not ring generals. But in the match, and you got your audience making comments that get these guys an oxygen mask. You know, give me something here. What's the logic of booking now? Why not have someone that can pace himself and help the guy? You know what I'm saying? You know, what's, what's the logic of thinking? They're just like, you know what? Unless you're just trying to fill a spot, fill a spot, but let it be your opener. And yeah, I've seen it too many times in UCW. You know, you have guys opening in matches and it should not have been opening matches. The way I look at it, though, I, want, I would want a fast-paced match, getting the crowd up, getting the energy level going. I mean, you're here to see a live professional wrestling show. That opening match, in my opinion, is just as important, if not more important, than the main event. And that's, that's the, that sets the tone of the night. And the fact that you're opening matches, you have fans chanting oxygen tanks, oxygen masks. You know, even your commentators can't even save it. You know, what, what's your thoughts on that, man? Be, be honest, man. My thoughts are with you, man. Yeah, you're right. That first match is just as important as the main event is to get the crowd going. I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. I've always agreed that because curtain jerking is one of the more important parts of the whole event entirely, period, you know. <clears throat> but, you know, I can't speak on placement and I can't speak on – why those two were booked together, you know, other than, oh, well, I guess they're on the spot, you know. But I had no control over that. So you, were, you, were you ever part of the booking committee? I mean, my sources tell me you're, you're a board member, or some sources tell me you're an owner. And some sources says you was never an owner, but you're a board member. So you, were you ever involved in a booking meeting or booking possibilities? I mean, what was your role in UCW? Hmm. Uh, other than well, being the most, other than being the number one heel and the most badass guy there. Wow, that, that's putting a lot. Um, but um, true. I, I, hey, I, I, I'll get credit where credit's due. When the bell ring, you delivered every single time. No hands down. Okay, I, I, I'll call it like I see it. You've had some pretty good matches this year. You know, you might come up short on some. When that bell rang, though, I mean, everybody knew Christian Fury is a force to be working with. I mean, for crying out loud, dude, you know, I'm just saying, L.A. Smooth, you know, you two got tore down or tore the roof off. Whatever, whatever match or two stunk up the place, when you Smooth got in the ring, yeah, y'all bought, y'all bought it back up. Yeah, but really, a lot of times during these shows, I am. Not only helping set up the ring, I'm also setting up the lights, the equipment, making sure everything's ready to go. Any last-minute things that needs to get done before the show starts, that's what I'm usually doing. 
So you're not involved in like the creativity or the as booking for that matter. Last minute booking, unless it's like minutes before the show and we have a oh shit factor, you know. But a lot of times, the card's already ready to go by the time we before by the time I get time to be able to do anything. So you know, a lot of times. I'm here. It says like, you know, guys, you're making some mistakes. Do you hear the crowd out there? I mean, I mean, do you ever try to give your booking advice? I mean, you've been in the business now uh, way over 20 years now. You definitely got a lot of dollars to bring to the game. I mean, do you give your advice? I mean, do you try to say, hey, you know, this is what's worked before. About we consider doing this now, or like, you know what? We need to, we need to shake things up a little bit here. We need to try to do something a little bit different here. Let's let's not be afraid to push the envelope, push the ball. Let's let's try this. You know, or are you treat like, yeah, okay, 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 whatever, whatever. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do things this way because I'm the boss. Well, I don't necessarily go exactly like that. Well, I mean, but... exaggerating when I say that, though. But you know, I'm just asking here. You, do you offer advice? Or you get told to go sit down like other people were told to go sit down. No, I don't actively get. Rec- I don't actively recall getting told to get sit down or go on somewhere, because you know that wouldn't have really set too awful well with me. Uh, I mean, um, that's why you know. Yeah, I think you know what I'm saying. I'm not saying you were specifically told to go sit down somewhere. My question is, do you offer advice on booking creativity? You know, what's your response when you're offering advice? Well, okay. here's the thing about that, man. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll speak it. He agrees, and you know, stuff keeps happening. Um, but the thing about it is, at the beginning of this year, there's an ultimatum given. I, I honestly, on some aspects, I do feel it might have been a little bit of a long ultimatum, but. Either way, you know, not a hundred percent my company. You know, what do you mean ultimatum? I'm, I'm kind of lost on that. Hold on, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Give me a minute. I'll get there. Um, okay. Um, there's an ultimatum that you needed to start producing, start actually being your character. If you got a character, you need to actually be that character. Actually, step up your game. You know, if you expect to continue to be where you're at with the company. Now, with some people, you know, you can look, I mean, I've got, I got love and respect for, for everybody in that locker room, but let's face it, not everybody needs to be in the ring. You know, and that's the part that was getting driven home by the end of this year. There's going to be some changes made, uh, made in the roster on how things go, who's going to be wrestling and what, you know. But did it happen sooner rather than later? Yeah, but everybody can be a Monday morning quarterback or a Tuesday morning quarterback, you know. You know, that might be true, but at the same time, if you're not paying your talent, you keep, I keep hearing you keep calling it a company, a company, a company, a business, a business. But, like, you know, I know for a fact UCW had guys, loyal soldiers like yourself, like myself, a few other people, you know, offered to help get better talent, 
pay for better talent. And we get told, no, not paying nobody until I can pay everybody. I'm not going to, I'm not worried about paying better talent. If they can't do it for free, then I don't need them. You know, what message does that send to the locker and say, well, no matter what I do, I'm not going to get paid. But yet, you get mad at me if I decided to take a booking the last minute. Well, oh, these people just offered me 20 bucks. I'm just saying, what if? You know, the hypothetical speaking, I get offered. And yeah, I'm going to go do it. This is one thing I can honestly say. Okay, I can okay. honestly say there are many, uh, part of many conversations, even in the back. It's like, if you got offered a better gig, do it. Go to that gig. No hard feelings. That part has been said time and time again. You know, it wasn't the fact that, hey, well, screw you then. No, it was never that. That part I can honestly say. You know, I've heard it time and time again. I've seen I've it. Know for I've, fact that I've, 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 I've also seen it where, you know, well, so-and-so didn't show up and everything, but, yep, well, he appeared at LiveWire, or he appeared at Viva Pro. Like, guys, mystery partner, Viva Pro, you know, like, yeah, well, oh, well. You know, I probably shouldn't have said, well, yeah, screw that guy. I probably, I probably shouldn't have said that. I, I apologize. Let me back up, retract myself here. I, I do apologize for saying, no, I didn't I didn't actually hear anyone from USA Imagine say, well, screw that guy. He took a paying gig. No, I didn't. I wasn't trying to insinuate that. I'm just saying, like, you know, hypothetically speaking, I hear you calling UCW a company and calling it a business, you know, but, you know, the talent's not getting paid. You know, so that's why UCW has that reputation of being known as a club or one person made a comment. If you have guys wearing hot topic gear, you don't really have an organization, you know. So I'm just trying to understand the whole logic up here, you know, of UCW. I mean, is it a club organization? I agree that it is. Is it, is it a place where good friends get together and try to put on a show? You're damn right it is. You know, has it been bad wrestling? No, not all the time. And I, and I enjoyed my time as a commentator there, you know, until I was unjustified, you know, with some bad business on their end and how they treated me as a person, as a performer, you know, and as an individual, you know. And you, and you yourself know exactly what I'm talking about. But my thing is, you know, in your eyes, though, how do you view United Championship Wrestling? One of those things, man. Well, I know it's been your bread and butter. Let me rephrase that. I don't mean bread and butter. I know you know it's been your life for two years, maybe three, since 2016, I guess. You know, I know you've been there since from the very, very beginning. You were the first champion. You know, you carried that title with pride. You were a good champion. You did everything that UCW management expected of you. You carry the company well. You did, you did the best you could to represent that. I don't think nobody can say anything negative to you at all and how you perform yourself as a champion, as a performer, as a wrestler. Even when you lost the belt, you know, you try to push guys like Justin Chambers. You try to push guys like T-Cash. You're in Hunter Young's corner. I mean, that people don't understand what goes on in the back sometimes. That's the point I'm trying to bring out. I will go on record. I don't. I will tell this to this man's face and everybody else. You do not get the credit you truly deserved. That three match series you had with Hunter Young will be better than one match with Billy Brash any day. Look, I, I don't. I don't care what people say. You like people like what they want to like in professional wrestling. You know, Billy Brash is a great talent. 
It's going places. I get all that, you know. But some of us don't really give two flying flips but all the flippity flip flops I can freaking do in the ring. I'm all about can you tell a story? Are you a technician? Can you wrestle? Can you fight? You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I'm I'm in it for that kind of person of you know you know of the drama. I don't I don't really give two flying flips if you can do gymnastics. Me, gymnastics is not wrestling. That's just my opinion. You know, you can do a flip, great. You're an athlete. You know, I'm, I'm I'm proud of you, you know. But Ric Flair didn't need to do flippity flip, 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 you know, to get over. Okay, Sting did not need to do flippity flip, flip to get over. Bret Hart didn't need to do flippity flip, flip, you know, to get over. They were wrestlers. Okay, Shawn Michaels got over before he did all that flippity flip, flip. You know, Shawn Michaels got wrestled with the best, and people have proven that time and time again. You know, yeah, does wrestling need high wrestling maneuvers? Of course you do. You need it. You need a good balance in the company. And that's one thing you need is balance. You got to have people that can brawl. You got to have people that can be a technician. You got people that can do the aerial assaults, you know, the flippity flip flips. And you don't always need to put flippity flip versus flippity flip every freaking month or every other month or every other show because yeah, okay. Yeah, they flippity flip flip, but you're not getting a broad horizon. Oh, this person can tell a story with this person. Okay, flippity flip flip. Who cares? You know, you get that opportunity to see what a brawler can do against a flippity flip or a technician against a brawler or a technician against a high flyer. You know, you get to see a mesh of skills coming together that can complement each other that could actually tell a story that fans can actually get behind. And that's what me and Connor Young had. We had two different styles clashing. I'm a big boy. He's a skinny, well, he's a decent sized kid. I'm not going to say he's skin and bone because he's not, you know, but he, he, he don't have a, I don't believe he has a He's a good athlete. You know, I'm going to say this, though, man. You've had people, let me tell you something, you've had people in the crowd that day who probably never paid much attention to your matches before, and they're like, oh, well, I'm going to make a short work of this guy. Dude, you made a believer, you know, out of people that day. When you performed that day, people looked at you in a whole different light. So that second time you fought Hunter Young, yeah, people were actually betting on that you're going to beat Hunter Young and came when eyelashes of beating him. I mean... Tell you, I was impressed. My jaw dropped at some of the things you did not match me. You know, you've held your own. You've proven I've always said you have. Well, you've proven I've always said you were the true Harley Race in the CSRA. You know, when Harley Race put Ric Flair on the map at Starcade 83, that's what you did for 100 Young in those three series of matches, if you don't mind me saying so, man. I mean, you're an athlete yourself, man. Be proud. Be proud of what you are. The only thing that pisses me off about UCW, they, they never give you that true, true respect. I don't care what he said. I can talk about any kind of way, shape, or form, anything but about it. You are not a mule in pro wrestling, dude. Well, you were the backbone, the spine, the heart, and the blood. Without none of you, they wouldn't have functioned. Yeah, they might have had some brains. Yeah, they brought, they brought a little bit of leg work into it. And I'm, I'm not saying the UCW management didn't bust their ass to try to make a good product. I'm just upset in the way they treated you, bottom line. I've got no problem saying that on any podcast, anywhere else, or anybody. They did not give you the proper respect, in my opinion, as much as you've done for that, that promotion. You are the franchise at UCW. Well, you know, it's 
nice to hear. Um, and it ain't me talking stuff. <laughs> it ain't me doing a build up. It ain't me spewing no, shit no, on. Like I said, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just calling like I see it, man. When you show up, you bust your ass, and you've got my respect in that ring. You know, uh, Justin Chambers has got my respect in that ring. T Cash has got my respect in that ring. You know, and, and let's talk about this. Damian Sick, T Cash, they have a pretty intense rivalry going on in the WCW. They got a match coming up August 24th. Now let's talk about Damian Sick for a moment here. Here's another guy, in my opinion, didn't get his fair chest dues in United Championship Wrestling, okay? Yeah, he's a brawler. He is a striker, and he can wrestle. You know, love him, hate him. The man does good business when he comes to professional wrestling. When, you, when, when, Damian, when that bell rings, when Damian Sick performs, he's not a half-ass in it, man. He gives it all the way to, you know, and he's another guy, in my opinion, that just not quite got his just due in wrestling, you know? Yeah. And people could talk about all the other controversial stuff about him, all you want to. And do you know the person as a man the way I really do? The man's got heart. Deep down inside, okay, take away his bike, take away his tattoo, take away anything about him. You get Josh, okay? This kid has got heart and he's got a soul, okay? You know, and he's one of the toughest guys I've ever seen. You know, and I, I and I get upset thinking that he, even him did not get his just due in UCW. And I really wish, like to me, you know, if I was going to have someone to take out Hunter, you know, I would have picked Damian Sick. That's another person I thought about. Like you know, was was yeah, I guess my question is for you. You know, was Damian Sick even considered? you know, running as a champion. I mean, I know it might sound like, you know, oh, you're just trying to book up one of your friends. Let me explain something to you. Do you take the amount of bumps, the amount of beating Damian Sick has taken over the years, and not just in UCW, and several promotions this man has been through. You know, this man travels four or five hours away, you know, in, in, in a booking, and he's done all that. The man's paid his dues. I don't care what anyone says. He has paid his dues in this business, and he deserves our respect, okay? And he shows respect in that locker room. You know, he showed respect to me every time I see him. You know, he doesn't act like he doesn't know me. He shakes my hand, gives me a hug, and, he, and, he, and he's always appreciated me, everything I try to do for him. So, I mean, you know, I, 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 it's, it's just another crying shame in this business, you know. And it just, it, just, it just breaks my heart, man. I'm just being honest with you. You know, I think Damien Sake does deserve more opportunities in wrestling than he, than he doesn't get, you know. And there, are a lot of, there are a lot of guys. You know, I mean, Justin Chambers, you know, despite our differences in the past, still a good technician, man. Still a great technician. I was kind of glad to see him with the tag team titles. You know, he, he was, you know, he was a good UCW champion. You know, I didn't always agree with some of his tower defenses, but, you know, you know, I, I, I've seen this kid go, go, go. And he had a matchup um, with, uh, with Hunter Young not too long ago, and I was real impressed. On his performance, you know, Chambers is, you know, like I said, you know, he's he, he's incredible. You know, with that being said, man, I know we're kind of going back and forth right now, and, and I didn't mean to get, you know, dark with UCW, but you know, there's so much going on right now in the CSRA wrestling. You know, I think UCW legacy, you know, they may not have been very smart uh, and and some business decisions and maybe some piss poor bookings, but you know, they had a dream, okay? And if they're listening, I want them to understand no hard feelings. I do apologize for some things I said. I question some things they've done. And I question how they treated me and disrespected me. But bottom line, 
bottom line, you know, they had a vision and how they thought UC Davis should run. Whether it worked or not, okay, it's up for debate, you know. But they had a vision, they had a dream, and bottom line, Fury, me and you fought overseas, fought in wars, just like every single veteran, they ever wore a uniform for every American to live their dream and fight for their dream. That is the only thing Don Brown was doing in UCW was fighting for his dream. He wanted to run a rusty promotion. He didn't want to have to answer to nobody. You know, he didn't want to tell him what to do. He wanted to run it his way. Whether it worked or not, like I said, that's up for debate. But give the man his due. He would travel with you two and a half hours, three hours to get a ring. He scraped up the money any way he can to pay for a venue. And he offered ring time for guys who he felt like deserved to be in that ring. And he'd given some people that might have been rejected in life and rejected in society, he gave them an opportunity. Now, why in the world he wouldn't give this devil dog me an opportunity? You know, that, that's something I'm not the answer for. You know, um, I've been bitter about it. I've, I've been open about it. I've been upset about it. But, you know, I, I put it behind me. You know, I got an opportunity to work at Livewire. I had a great matchup with J.C. Walker. I wish it could have happened in UCW, but, hey, it is what it is. I'm hoping to get myself back in the ring, and I'm hoping to continue my rivalry with Christian Fury one day. But, you know, bottom line is this, though. You know, Nice Soccer want to become the champion. You know, for whatever reason it is, there's nothing wrong with, you know, you know, wanting to become a champion. You know, Nice Soccer has paid his way in this business. He's had in great matches with a lot of other great wrestlers. He's been in other multiple, multiple wrestling promotions. I mean, he's paid his dues in this business. It's not like UCW is the only promotion he ever you know, wrestled for. When he wrestled in the Adrenaline Wrestling Foundation, he was the AWF champion. He was tag team champion. And, you know, and I was honored uh, to wrestle in the ring with him. I was honored to call his matches, you know. Um, you know, nine, nine soccers, you know, he, he's a tough man in this business. Say, say how you want to say it. You know, it's just kind of, it, it's sad the way things have happened. It, it, it's sad that he lost his venue, and it's sad that the ones he tried to help bring back in his business has a venue, the venue he wrestled at. And, and But, you know, that's just, that's just the hard curse of professional wrestling. You know, when Vincent Mann would come invade territories, he took their venues and took their wrestlers and took their top talent, took their top announcers, took their top managers and put the promoters out of business. I mean, you know, I get, you know, Fury, you got to understand, you know, Ric Flair said it so many times, just like Jim Cornette has, Tony Schiavone has, I mean, Jim Ross has, professional wrestling is the most unforgiving business. There may ever be a business in this entire world. Most unforgiving and the most insensitive. If you don't produce, you're put out. And that's just plain and simple, man. Plain and simple. Well, that being said, any comments, boss? Well, there's one thing that we didn't discuss that we were going to bring up. Okay. You know. I mean, granted, yeah, we touched on it a little bit at the beginning when I said I don't listen to shit, you know. But um, anyway, out of, out of all fairness and all reality of the thing, you know, that, that was having fun. Uh, Chris Dickens offered a challenge to me like, quite a, bit, a few times in the last show you, you did uh, to have a wrestling debate. 
And I'm going to go on record and say that Chris Dickens, challenge accepted. You sure? If challenge. I wasn't sure, I wouldn't have accepted. Okay. All right. All right, folks, you've heard here uh, on the very next episode, I will have Chris Dickens versus Christian Fury. I'm going to question them on their careers if they competed against each other. In the final days of the AWF, I'm going to question him on what the uh, certain specific events that happened in UCW involving Christopher Dickens with also uh, T-Money and Nice Soccer and Christian Fury and that little situation of Chris's last night in UCW. We're going to answer some rumors. Finally get the answer to the rumors. Straight up the truth. <laughs> Did UCW tell Chris Dickens he had to pay for a ticket? Remember that fun night we had, boss? <laughs> Well, all that's gonna be all that's gonna be answered, you know. And Chris Dickens has been very, very, also very, very critical of UCW. And Christian Fury will get a chance to tell uh, Chris Dickens, you know, hey, dude, you didn't do it much better, you know. And we're gonna see how Chris is gonna respond to that, you know. So y'all join us next week on on Spotify, iTunes Network, TNB Studios, and hey, you might still see us on Deflop Productions if they still want to produce the shootout. Uh, for the best of my knowledge. Best of my knowledge, they still want to shoot out on Deflop Production, so check us out there as well. Uh, that being said, I'm your host, Survivor Payne, Bill Blanchard. Y'all make sure to check out SummerSlam this Sunday night. Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins, Goldberg versus Dolph Ziggler. Uh, should be a pretty good night, but the match I'm looking forward to, Christian Fury, is Randy Orton challenging Kofi Kingston for the WWE undisputed championship that's believe it or not man that is the match i want to see a lot of due respect that is the match i want to see kofi yeah, and, and making that match is about yeah, 10, years tell me that earlier. 10 years in the making so i'm looking forward to seeing this man i really really am and randy this time randy's chasing kofi so it it's pretty good i i think you know this this turns out you know randy orton does bring the best out of competitors you know, love him or hate him, you know, as far as a wrestler, you know, Randy Orton's probably pound for pound the best guy as far as, you know, a guy that's a veteran in this business right now. He's probably the best guy that still is running night in and night out, uh, not taking anything away from The Undertaker that shows up or, or whatever, on sporadic things. But um, <clears throat> we also got one more note of business before we sign off there, brother. Don't mean to try to take over your show. Um, but we got another line of business coming up. We've got something in the works now that's going to be appearing here soon on Spotify, as Spotify or whatever you want to call it, and and uh, TMB and on Death Rock. And it's something that we've done before. And you brought up the initials earlier, and you actually said the phrase "We love wrestling." That's going to be making a comeback here in the next. Next, yeah, I was about to say next week or so. Well, I mean, that's why I know? said the opening. That's why I said that in the opening, though. You know, the, you know, we're you know, he's my tag team partner. We're, we'll be bringing in a new show, WLW. We love wrestling. We tried to do something called Shots Fired. Wasn't going the way we wanted to, but you're like, you know what, though, we're going to keep it simple. We're going to bring our love of wrestling, and why not? We're we're going back to our roots. We love wrestling. That's going to be. a that's going to be a really cool podcast coming up. We're going to talk about everything and everything in wrestling, man. So look forward to that, Go. We're going to revisit the so, past, break some mind, stuff. Down. Brother, We're going to have some fun with it. 
Uh, keep in mind, brush up, watch SummerSlam like we told everybody else to do, because I know we're probably going to talk about SummerSlam on our first show back, because that was the last big show that came on. So I want to talk about SummerSlam, and I also want to talk about the SummerSlam that happened 30 years ago, where you had the Intercontinental Champion, Ravishy Rick Rude, defending against the number one contender, the Ultimate Warrior. I mean... And you got the Hulk Hogan, Brutus the Barber Beefcake versus the Macho Man and the Human Wrecking Machine Zeus with Scary Sherry in their corner. And Miss Elizabeth was also there. You know, we're going to be covering those two big events as well. SummerSlam 89, and we will touch on this this year's yeah. SummerSlam in 2019. And I got to tell you, man, I'm looking forward to it. Feel the heat. Yeah, man. Dude, dude believe it or not, this day. That is my number one pay-per-view that I still watch, you know, a lot. It's my favorite pay-per-view. It was a pay-per-view that really, really fell in love with the WWF. I mean, despite, you know, the other ones before that. I loved those before that, though. But, like, that was the first one I got to watch. I was, you know, I was nine years old. I haven't quite turned 10 yet. That was the first one I was allowed to watch, you know, like, like from start to finish without an interruption. And I got a chance to really, really. And, like, like the opening matches, like with Bret Hart and Tully Blanchard squaring up. And that's my first real, real look about how much of a great technical wrestler Bret Hart and Tully Blanchard is. And then you go back and see some of Tully's matches he had with Magnum TA and Dusty Rhodes. I mean, it's just, you know, you really see just how incredible Tully was. And then later on, you'll see Bret Hart having great matches with Mr. Perfect and the British Bulldog. I mean, and then, you know, like you're really seeing like two of the best technical wrestlers. And watch those guys chain. I mean, really pay attention to that match. The Hart Foundation versus the Brain Busters, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. And dude, it's one of my favorite tag matches, you know, just because of the history. You know, the Blanchard family, you know, has a big history in South Texas, you know, down there, you know, in Houston. You know, versus the Canadians, you know, Brohart and Calgary Stampede. You know, I really appreciate the family and the history. And, and you see what these guys can do when they finally get a chance to lock up. You know, I mean, it's to me, it was special. And so if you're if you're a great wrestling fan, like look up SummerSlam 89, feel the heat, man. You'll watch matches like that. And there's other matches on the card. You'll see very entertaining matches like the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes versus the Honky Tonk, man. I mean. Dude, that was, that was a very entertaining match. I'm sorry. Big six-man tag. You got Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Axe and Smash of Demolition versus Andre the Giant, the African Dream, Akeem, and the Big Boss Man. I mean, matches like that, man, it's just oh, – I'm man, sorry. I still, I still get excited thinking about it. Hey, I'm going to go put it on the network right now and watch it. I'm going to get myself fired up. <laughs> Traded up the ha- the Hakeem, the African Dream for one man gang, you know. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm quite fishy about those two. I can't quite put my finger on it. I but, don't know, you know, man. I don't know. <laughs> you know, some people says when he means the African Dream, Hakeem was supposed to be a rib to the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, and we're gonna put Dusty in yellow polka dots, you know. And I mean, all that was going on at the time behind the scenes. I mean, it was some funny stuff, man. But you know, you know, looking back at it, though, I mean, there was some great, great wrestling that you know that night. I I enjoyed all of it, even even yeah. watching um the Mighty Hercules you know? versus 
the Hammer Valentine that same night. You know, Superfly Jimmy Snooker versus the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase. And another great six-man tag, the Rockers, Tito Santana versus the Fabulous Rujos and the model Rick Martell. I mean, yeah, dude, it, it was great wrestling back then. I don't care what anyone says, man. SummerSlam 89, I felt the heat, buddy. Well, that being said, man, we got to go. You got to go to work in, in four hours. I got to go. I got to get up in five hours. And what you talking damn. about? <laughs> we ain't retired yet. We're still workaholics. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but I appreciate you know me, you know, man. I hope there's no hard feelings about UCW. Like I said, you know, it is what it is. You know. So everybody's got opinions, and everybody within a company's also got opinions about the companies that they work for and work with. So it, it it's one of those things. Yeah, everybody can sit there and be a, a you know the next day quarterback and say, oh, well, we should have done this, should have done that. You know, like you said earlier, you know, man had a vision, you know, had a dream, you know. Yeah, yeah, he had a dream, you know. Well, I hope it gets back on his. I hope it gets back on his feet. I hope he finds a way to get used to it back going again. And you know, if, if it is what it is. It was a great place for guys to get ring time. You know, I mean, and I'll I'll, I'll hope to see it come back. You know, with mine uh, checking it out again. We'll see. But until then, you know, I'm looking forward to see, hearing about WCW August 24th. You know, we got some great wrestling coming up on the indie scene. So I hope to see you guys there, man. But until then. I'm Survivor Payne, Bill Blanchard, the wrestling historian of the CSRA. And that's Christian Fury, the former UCW heavyweight champion, AWF heavyweight champion, and the current tape fist fighting heavyweight champion, although he hasn't defended his belt yet. Maybe uh, because the promotion hadn't had a match since. Or maybe because you haven't had a worthy opponent. That, I like that one better. Has anybody even called you out and challenged you yet? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why either. You know, ain't like I'm. You know, and and like you're the player, right? Something of this generation or whatever else. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know what it is. Nobody can't sanction the match. They can't. They can't afford the outcome. You know. There you go. Yeah. 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 yeah that's what it is. The yeah, athletic commission. The athletic commission couldn't sanction because it's too gory and too bloody. You know. No, they can't afford me to defend the title. Is what it is. <laughs> All right, man. Well, y'all have a good night, man. I appreciate y'all listening. Y'all catch us next week. We'll have Christian Fury back on the show along with Christopher Dickens, man. It, it, it should be a slobber knocker. It's going to be slobbering? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just hope we're ready to rumble and not ready to crumble. <laughs> Man, we oh man, but it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Let's see how many ribs Christian Fury can rib on Chris Diggins. It shouldn't be too hard. No, no, not too hard. No. <laughs> <laughs>